following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help, and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, many times on the program here on Hope in the Night, people talk about these uh, concepts of guilt, and then they'll talk about uh, shame as they've mm-hmm. felt that over their life, and sometimes as a as synonyms for each other, guilt and shame. And so what are the differences between those two terms? I would say uh, the, the fast answer is guilt is a fact, a fact that we've all been wrong. It, it's, it's what I would call true guilt. Uh, even from earliest childhood, no one has escaped guilt. Uh, uh, I don't know if you ever stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Hmm. Let's not <laughs> uh, talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, children, if they want to get their way, many times they will lie. Uh, I did that. And, uh, but it, true guilt is a result of sin. And again, it, it's a fact. Um, shame is, is different. Um, shame is this painful emotion, almost of disgrace, um, but it's caused, and, and it's caused by a strong sense of guilt but you experience shame when your guilt moves from knowing you've done something wrong to feeling you are bad. You've done something bad, but that you yourself are bad. Uh, shame focusing focuses uh, uh, not on actually what you've done, but on being ashamed of who, who you are. And I don't see that that is a that is what God. That is not what God wants us to focus on. Um, shame is, yes, you're. Uh, let's make it this way. It's like feeling you are basically defective, hmm. and that causes a deep sense of unworthiness, or a fear of abandonment, and and rejection. There's this devastating emotional scar or scars from shame that can last a lifetime. Uh, there's an interesting scripture, Job ten fifteen. If I am guilty, woe is me. If I am innocent, I cannot, even if I'm innocent, I cannot lift my head for I'm full of shame and drowned in my affliction. So shame just creates this inner desire many times to maintain rigid control over our emotions or our behavior. Uh, It creates an inner loneliness that can foster unhealthy opinions of ourselves or, or unhealthy dependencies. And it steals you from the joy a person can be an authentic Christian, but um, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, it steals the joy of our salvation. And shame keeps you from 
even uh, sometimes seeking solitude, it's like the, the scripture that says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. And so I, I think we need to evaluate what are we truly feeling and typically it's because somebody has been shaming us. Uh, a parent can be unjustly cruel, um, can be, I mean, I, I know parents, I've had so many callers who've said, I was told I was a mistake. Yeah. And that I've yeah. not been wanted. Yep. Now you've you and I have heard this That's over right. and over. Um, you're not wanted. Mm. Um, well, it's like, what did I do? And so they're just trying to think, what, why, why, what have I done to cause this rejection? And so, so many times there, there's false guilt because of what was said in earlier years. It hurts my heart when I am talking with someone who is feeling a, a sense of shame for even being born or even accomplishing. It's like they can ac accomplish uh, major, major good and yet uh, if they have been made to have false guilt or shame, um, then it's like it's hard for them to feel they have value. So that it really is a, a devastating thing when another person causes uh, a person to feel shame. I think that's, that's why I love that we have what we call our keys on guilt and um, guilt and shame, but we can live guilt-free. And that's not being unrealistic, it's not being cocky. Um, we can know, yes, at times we've chosen wrong, but to live with shame is not what is God's best for us, and we can be free from that. Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life. June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. 
we are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and uh, we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Here's how we do that. Our customer support team is available to take your call at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Just chat with them about uh, what's going on in your life, maybe a struggle you're going through, and they'll be happy to recommend some of our resources to you. Maybe it's a free resource on our website or a uh, resource of ours. And one of the keys for living, as June mentioned earlier, that can be uh, into your hands pretty quickly. We'll just mail that as you order from customer support. And then as you are helped, you can pass that information along to someone else and be able to help them with the help you've received. So we uh, we like how that can, continues to move along, and uh, we, we'd love to be a part of that. Just, again, call our customer support team, and they'll help you through that, what would be the, the best resources for you. We want to recommend uh, the keys for living on guilt called Living Guilt-Free, and uh, that's available, again, by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Now, if there's a situation going on in your life and you'd like to uh, get further discussion going about that, talk with June on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, just give us a call at 800-Night-17. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, you'll leave a message for us. We'll get back and talk to you to schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. There are uh, openings, availability in the next few days. We'd like to make you a part of the program in the next uh, few weeks. So let's um, uh, give us a call at 800 800- Night 17 800 4817 Now let's get to our caller for tonight. We have a listener returning to us, listening on KGFT, The Word, in Colorado. We welcome back Michael. Well, Michael, how wonderful to hear from you again. I've enjoyed our conversations. So welcome back. Thank you, June. I really appreciate that, and I feel the same uh, about you, and I just wanted to declare my forgiveness for all who've ever hurt me, and I want to use this time to minister to those Mm. right now who may be struggling. Wow. Um, That is so helpful. Um, I I, I don't know about all people, but... uh, most people have had certain people, it's like <laughs> they're determined to be hard on us, determined to cause pain. And yeah. 
for you to make that kind of declaration that who all all who have hurt you um, you're uh, you're willing to not hold on to it is that safe to Amen. say it's been it's taken me years june it it you know i would love to just say oh you know i'm a i'm such a great guy no the lord jesus is the great one and he has given me the grace to 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 be able to do that after years and years of struggling and pain and prayer and um god's goodness Well, we have talked about, um, well, we've talked about a number of things that were incredibly hard um, and uh, having, like, a, a early on, a, a dad that dies of alcoholism not being there for you. Um, and there, and I remember after you said that, you then said, I don't feel God loves me. There is a correlation with a parent, uh, and of course your mom, um, I think, was unjustly hard on you and was quite cruel. So th that typically can impact how we feel God really is interacting with us. In other words, you said, I don't feel God loves me. Um, there is a correlation from with with parents who are hard or uh, just not being what is meant by God to for a parent to be toward a child, and um, it it robs us of joy in life. Absolutely, absolutely does, and you know um, I. I, there may be young people out there right now struggling with those same feelings that I had decades mm. ago and years ago. And so hopefully our conversation, and maybe older people too that have just never had the, have been able to resolve these issues because I, like you said earlier in the first segment that, you know, guilt and shame can last forever it can mm -hmm. last so long that a lifetime it seems it seems like forever yeah like a whole lifetime mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that at least one person and maybe millions that'd be great if mm -hmm. all of you that are listening that are struggling with these types of feelings of maybe guilt and shame can um be ministered right now and just realize that even if our parents failed and did not love us. Because I'm not going to lie and say, oh, they did their best. No, I don't mm -hmm. believe that for a minute. Um, because uh, I think Satan gets in there a lot of times. And a lot of times he uses parents to do harm to kids. And that's definitely not their best. <laughs> not even close. So um, I just want these people... Because I, I didn't like hearing that whenever I would hear that, you know, from somebody saying that. It sounds pious and whatnot, but no, somebody's hurting and their feelings are legitimate, mm -hmm. and yet 
they need to know that there is a God that had nothing to do with it, yet he Mm -hmm. loves us, he loves me, he loves you, June, he loves Jeff and Tom and all of your staff, Mm. and he loves every human being that's listening right now. Mm. Well, one of the things that we talked about, um, and even our team, this means Jeff and Tom and myself, Tom is on the board, and uh, he's, he's our control agent being able to get this program up uh, throughout the United States and wherever else it goes. But the point is, uh, we talked about um, you doing a timeline of forgiveness. It's really dealing who has caused you pain. Who has caused you pain? Did uh, Did you do that assignment? Okay, great. And I would I would I wouldn't mind sharing a couple of things just so that maybe your listeners can hear some of the pain that I went through cuz like the first two that I wanted to talk about happened to me very young. I must have been hmm. like maybe a year and a half to two and a half years old. Wow. And I rem- I remember the first one of the first times uh, my mother and um, I had asked her later because the Lord had given me time to, ironically, I was the only one that would take care of her out of all her eight kids that were living. Um, nobody wanted, they, they were leaving her for dead, and I came, I moved a thousand miles back yeah. to, to take care of her. And so How old, how old were you her, then? Because I know you weren't two years old, but how old were you when you did? physically moved to take care of her, unlike your other siblings? Um, let me see here. This is back in 2007, so I would have been, um, let's see, what what is that? Um, 2007, uh, it's 47, approximately. 47, I guess. Okay, okay. Well, <clears throat> and that, that is a huge decision because that's a decision it's not yeah, like it, oh it took, I, yeah okay, go it on. took me a while it literally took me uh two years to uh because uh i had talked to her on the phone and uh when i was living where i was living in and then um so after uh you know i i told her i would but there was a lot of things that still had to to, to transpire and um mm-hmm. But then I would tell the Lord when I hung up, oh, Lord, I don't know, this is going to be hard. I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I can do it, please. And so, but over time, he gave, the Lord gave me the grace. Uh, but I remember the first time as a young little boy, um, she, uh, she, for some reason, took me out of, I don't know how she just got me alone with her, uh, but she took me grocery shopping. I remember she lifted me up, put me in the cart, you know how they put a little kid in there. Yeah. Yes. And they're facing, so the kid's facing the, the parent. And I remember, uh, you know, I was feeling like, wow, okay, I'm going with my mom. And then all of a sudden I point at a, the candy bar rack as we were passing by. And literally out of nowhere, she slapped me so hard, my face, my head just snapped 90 degrees and snapped back. 
And I looked at her, and I was just about ready to cry because Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know where that was coming. It was demonic, uh, apparently. Mm. And so um, then I was going to cry, and she gave me this look, and she said something like, if you cry, I'm going to. And I literally must have been abused before because I literally stopped myself from Mm. crying. And I mean, the pain was so excruciating. I don't know how I did it. I still wonder Mm -hmm. to this day. And I remember that time so vividly because it was traumatic. And it's amazing how you can remember trauma uh, so so poignantly. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then the other time I remember I was a little boy, about almost two, and I had a younger brother and um, apparently she didn't clip my nails or my nails had grown or whatever. And he was in his crib and I was, I thought I was playing with him. Well, I guess I scratched him with my nails. And so mm. um, she came in and saw, I guess, scratches on his face or something. And cause I was trying to play with him and grab him, I guess, or whatever. And, um, uh, she just beat the holy, mm. you know mm. what, out of me, the stuff out of me. Mm. And the unholy. Was, <laughs> it was, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I just re- recall that. And then, you know, the, the, the great thing was that later on when I had two boys myself, my, my oldest son did the same exact thing to my uh, other son, my, my younger son, and I had the grace to know, hey, that he didn't do it on purpose, mm-hmm. and it was my fault for not clipping his nails. I didn't take it out on him. Wow. Good, good, good. Well, you learn. That's one thing. We learn through these incredibly hard times, and uh, you're a learner. There's no question about that. And um, so what I hear, she certainly not only slapped you incredibly hard and it it caused excruciating pain, but also um, she beat you even though it was totally an accident. Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue, 
We want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, you'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real-life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. If you have any questions or concerns about the topics that we cover on the program, just give us a call at 800 917. That's 800. That's not the right number. 800 488 Hope. 800 488 4673. Now, customer support is available anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you to get the right resources into your hands. We do have keys for living on the topic of forgiveness, and we'd like to recommend those to you called Releasing You is Freeing Me. And uh, that is our keys for living. Also, there's a book that's been written, and June has uh, this title. Uh, in our library and uh, certainly available as you call customer support. You can ask them for this book, How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It, and uh, they would be happy to order that for you to get it into your hands. If you'd like to email them, you can do that at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Let's return to our conversation with Michael. Mm. Well, Michael, what I want us to do in all the remaining time Um, I want you to be telling me, like you just did, what caused you pain? What what occurred in your childhood, which you've mentioned being slapped to the point you had excruciating pain, and this is all unjustified, uh, beaten um, by, by your mom, who really was cruel. There was something wrong with her um, and then but then let's move when you feel you're, it's ready to go to your youth days as a young person uh, and then your adulthood young adult older you know older uh, older years uh, so let's let's go or is there anything else that caused great pain to you, to your heart, um, in childhood. Yeah, I would say, um, and hopefully, I, I'm ministering to some some people out there. Don't, don't worry about someone. that. You are. But you anyway, are. Um, I would say uh, there was so much, but uh, another, the next one would be, um, you know, just I, I didn't really know my father for the first ten years because he was always out. He was always out and about mm. 
bar to bar, going from bar to bar. And so uh, finally uh, I met him when I was 10, and I guess my mom gave him an ultimatum and made him stay home or else. Mm. So he decided to stay and kind of resented uh, some of us. But apparently, you know, he recognized that I was like probably the low man on the totem pole. Now, the irony here is that later on, when I was about 18, going to leave the house, my parents came to me and said, Al, of all, or uh, Michael, of all of our kids, um, you were the best. You, you, mm. I was the one that mm. always did everything well. I worked hard. Mm. I was the hardest worker. And they mm-hmm. appreciated that, even though I mm. was um, not treated as such. But right. I, I would say another time would be um, that when I was uh, about, you know, there was constant beatings, constant beatings, constant berating, constantly telling me how terrible uh, I was, you know, all the time, just every day. Uh, it I, it was a dread to even get up out of bed. Mm. It got it got that bad as a little child. I remember mm. thinking, "Oh, here we go again." I've got it, and just listening to she was arguing with my father, or she was um, yelling at somebody else, and then I would have to go in there. And of course, I was the one that, for whatever reason, she decided. She wanted to her wrath mm-hmm. to come upon. So mm-hmm. uh, I remember um, one time I was about I was almost twelve. I was eleven, and um, I got really uh, sick, so so sick uh, that I was bedridden, and I was it, it had fever, and the fever lasted for at least two weeks. I was in bed for six weeks total. And they didn't take me to the hospital back in those days. This was old school, I guess. They they wanted their mm. drinking money. So I uh, basically had to sweat it out. And I would sweat so profusely. And I was a thin little little guy at mm. the time. And yet I I wet the whole bed, my my whole my pillowcase, my my sheets, my blankets, my pajamas. And so she would get me out of bed, strip me naked, and I'd stand there shivering, um, sick and shivering, um, and uh, waiting for her to finish with the bed. And then once she finished with the bed, then she would put pajamas on me. And mm. so um, it was torture. I, and I felt like, like I used to watch those Nazi concentration camp movies. Yes. Uh, like Schindler's, Schindler's List was one, mm-hmm. but that was like, nothing compared to some of the other ones I saw. And I thought, I identified with that. I identified with being a Jew that was in a Nazi concentration camp. That's how my life was as a child. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my, my dad, I think, you know, I would try to sit in his lap and he'd say, here, here's a quarter. Go, go play in the street. He just mm-hmm. didn't want anything to do with me. So uh, I know there's people that are going through that. It, it's it's mm-hmm. not fun, June. It's just not yes. fun. Yes. 
Okay, so you're dead. I, I, I've written down several things in particular. You, you did not feel wanted, um, so you felt rejected. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and and all it was always that way. You you weren't treated tenderly, like of the Hallmark movies of a father holding the hand of the little tyke, uh, the tender scenes. But your dad, that's just not where he was with you or who he was supposed to be. So rejection was huge. Okay, who else has caused you huge pain? And I would say then growing past that, okay, so then my siblings could see, you know, we, you look, you assess, you know, I've, yes. I'm a coach, I work with kids, and as I do, there's always like this hierarchy. No matter, you can get any group of kids together, and because of their personalities and because of their abilities and skills, there, there develops this hierarchy and amongst the, the children. So my siblings knew, okay, he's the one that we're going to, that the wrath is upon him, so let's mm-hmm. everybody jump in and, and put it on him so that I guess we can avoid the, any wrath. And so pretty much they did. So I had this complex for years. It took decades of, of grace and God's, God's grace and God's power mm-hmm. and wisdom for me to even get to this point of, of sanity. And I'd say my siblings, you know, unbeknownst to them, were a big part of the rejection that I felt because they went along with it and they treated me uh, accordingly. And to this day, it's so weird I mean, I'm in mm. later in my life. I'm decades, you know, six decades or more, and mm. yet they still treat me. And I've told them, I say, you guys are still acting like we're kids. That mm. I'm an adult now. Treat me with respect. I am not this person that you have the, you know, that you can treat as if I am the black sheep. Mm-hmm. And yet they still will treat me. It's like a phenomenon. And I know mm-hmm. that that family dynamic happens in a lot of yeah. families. Mm-hmm. Got it. So they picked on you, they rejected you, and it was just continual. And But you were the one, ta- you were targeted. You were like... Basically, and... So I went through years of paranoia. I went through years of, of thinking the whole world was against me. And it took the grace of God to realize that, no, no, this is just a satanic event that happened. And like I was going to allude to earlier, I asked my mother when I was taking care of her years later, uh, mm-hmm. I said, Mom, were you ever abused when you were a kid? Nope. No, I was loved. Everybody loved me. My parents both loved me. I was highly favored. Huh. I said, nobody ever heard you? No uncle, no man, nobody? No, never. So I said, that I asked her, okay, then um, why, wh- what was it about me mm-hmm. that may- brought you your hatred and your wrath towards me? She goes, if you, I tell you, you're going to be so angry. I said, no, I'm not. Well, I was, but... What, it, what she told me was basically 
that I, because I was sickly, I was uh, almost died when mm. I was first born, and I mm. would not smile. So she said, because you didn't smile at me, I, I hated you. And wow. I'm like, but mom, I was sick. Well, I t- you told me you wouldn't get mad. I'm like, well, you know, mm. I guess I guess I didn't realize that that was the reason. I thought there was some, you know, real big reason, and it was it was just innocent. So Satan, mm. I think he picked. He's the one that picked at me out mm. of the mm. of the group, and for mm-hmm. some reason, he did not want me to be free. He wanted me to be in bondage to to all this guilt and shame mm. and fear mm-hmm. because her favorite words June throughout my life were uh, you want to cry I will give, I'll you, give something you something to, cry to about. Get, cry about mm-hmm. you want to wow. you want to cry because like I would know like she's gonna beat me oh no you know because you can just see it in her face mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. just see it in her in her voice hear it in her voice and I knew and so she would ask me a question, and I'd be crying, yes, or whatever. And she'd say, oh, okay, you want to cry? I will give. She just loved it. She just, it was so, she was so filled with Satan that she just hated me. It was that much. And so that affected, even in my 20s and 30s, we'd go back to for family uh, outings, a restaurant or whatever. And she treated me with such disdain. It was so weird. I'm like, and yet here, then I'm the one out of all the family, nobody wanted anything to do with her. Nobody wanted to help mm. her. There were people that were living here in the town that she was living in that mm-hmm. would not lift a finger for her. Even her favorites, would, uh, ironically, wanted nothing to do with her. And yet I, the Lord, brought me back into her life to help her before she passed. And for mm. seven years, I ministered to her and brought her to the Lord, actually. Wow. Amazing. That's phenomenal. Okay, well now, when we return, we're going to be dealing with others who have hurt you um, within the past, uh, like your your adulthood. And then we're going to do something with all this pain, because God does not want that to be the final chapter. Um, that's not His will. Uh, right. He he gives he allows people to exercise free will or else we would just be robots we're not robots um, where he forces us to experience only certain things no matter what you're facing there's hope sometimes it's hard to believe that when we face challenges at home work in our family or maybe a private struggle it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-917 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. 
World Class Hope Together Conference is returning to Allen, Texas this October with leading experts and over 50 ministry training sessions, including crisis and trauma response, lay counseling, marriage and family, mental and emotional health, life coaching, and leadership. Hear from dynamic speakers featuring Nick Vujicic, Taya Kyle, Gary Wilkerson, James Ward, General Bob Dees, Steve Arterburn, Dr. Joshua Straub, Dr. Eric Scalise, and our very own June Hunt. Join a genuine supportive community of like-minded friends and leaders who have answered the call and discover our growing network with year-round support for your ministry needs. Register now at hopetogether.com. That's hopetogether.com. And don't miss the life-changing experience of the Hope Together Conference. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 of our keys for living to help you address your situation. Just call our customer support team, and they're at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help you access the right resources. I want to recommend a couple of our keys for living here called uh, Forgiveness Releasing You is Freeing Me. That's one of them. Also, we have the keys for living on the topic of abuse recovery called From Surviving to Thriving. And that and so many other resources are available by calling customer support. Again, the number 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. For a full listing, uh, a catalog of our resources, you might take a look at hopefortheheart.org slash store. You find all the new updated Keys for Living. They're uh, updating those all the time and uh, new titles being added to that area uh, every month. Also, the Lifeline to Hope online training is there, as well as other books, Bible studies, resources written by June Hunt. So it's all there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Returning now to our conversation with Michael. All right, Michael, I've got your mom uh, was... uh, mm, uh, unbelievably hard on you to the vast extreme uh, your dad rejected you uh, 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 siblings uh, they it's like they bullied you <laughs> um, because you were targeted um, what what are other individuals who have caused you such pain and who I would say I know one of the last ones that I've because I've, like I've said earlier, I've forgiven uh, the mm-hmm. everybody uh, that as I mentioned thus far, and I'm still still struggling with this one. I keep reminding myself uh, that I forgive, but it's a family member that during COVID was living with me um, during that time, and so um, over that period of time, I guess. Um, he thought he gained my trust, and I went out to uh, to take care of some errands and left him there. And he had apparently scoped out my place, found where I had a, an envelope full of $100 bills, mm. uh, about $6,000 and some other 20s and 50s. And he 
uh, came back. Well, then we had a falling out. I guess he purposely wanted to fall out so that he could move out. Mm. And so then came back later because he had heard that I, through other family members that I uh, was going to be with my sister helping her because she had knee surgery. So um, during uh, the New Year's, he came in, uh, basically broke in, smashed the door, the back door, um, my place, and uh, busted a a window and um, uh, stole the money, took the money. Mm. And so, Mm. um, you know, from time to time, I've had to, uh, I've wondered about that and wondered if, he would ever, you know, turn around, mm-hmm. but I've had to learn to forgive that, yes. uh, you know, because it's such a, a hurtful thing to have a family member, you know, do mm-hmm. that. Mm. Yes. Yes. Family is supposed to be a safe haven, uh, which many times is not at all. Uh, okay, so is there someone else who's caused you great pain? Yeah, and then I would say um, my ex-wife. Um, I did not want that divorce, um, and she purposely um, committed sexual immorality with other men to get mm. me to want to divorce her. And so, yeah, that hurt. I would say, of I think of all of the pain. That was probably, I remember um, when I found out that her first, she was having a, her first of many escapades with a man. Um, I it, it hurt so bad that I, I just said that I didn't want to cry and um, that, if, because I felt like if I did, I'd never stop crying. Mm, and, mm. and the Lord, I remember the Lord telling me in my soul, in my soul, he, it was like, if you don't cry, you will go crazy. You need mm. to let it out. You need to allow yourself to cry. And so I did. And it, I cried for not maybe every second of every day, but over you know, the days, probably for at least three or four weeks of just you know, tears would flow yes. on a daily on a daily basis to the point because the grief of you know just the rejection of yes. you know such a covenant with God and with another human uh, with a woman you know mm. my wife at the time was just it was horrible it was and then to, to have to to meet these people that she was with it was. <laughs> Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, painful at, at the least, at the very least. Yes. You know, there's a theme here. It's rejection. Yeah. Rejection. On, you know, as a child, uh, your siblings, this family member, your ex-wife, that's the number one thing I'm hearing is the rejection. And... Um, is there anyone else that's key for this? With this, I would say, and and I know this is going to sound kind of strange, but other Christian members, <laughs> it's funny that because they see this 
look on my face of rejection, I think. They look and they see, because I remember getting prayer one time and these women were praying for me, and they prayed, they prayed off without me saying anything, uh, guilt and shame. They, they mm. saw that in my face. They saw, mm. They've seen that in my demeanor. Because I just moved here, and I'm going to a new mm-hmm. church, and yet you can't. You take yourself with you. <laughs> it's so funny, yes. June. You, you you take yourself with you, and you don't see what others mm. see in you. That that mm-hmm. there's the weakness, and people see this in me, and they there's some of them that they're just immature or what have you, and so they they go along with that, and they go, oh, well, I'm not going to talk to him because there's something wrong with him. Mm. And so I would say that that pain of rejection in, you know, I, I, I will go up and say hello to people, but I guess they still, there's still that lingering um, mm. uh, rejection and pain in my face sometimes. And mm. I'm, I, may, I may not even be feeling it. I'm just maybe feeling a little bit you know, shy in what is what I'm thinking or feeling a little mm-hmm. bit like, you know, but apparently in a social situation, mm-hmm. social situations, I, I would think, and I was kind of blown away because I felt like, wow, these are church members. They should, mm-hmm. they should look mm-hmm. past that, but we're all human and I get it. You know, we're all human. Yes. And we, we go by our emotions. We go by our sensory at times. We go by that instead of, by the Word of God, and so, therefore, it's it's easy to do. All right, what I'm going to do is, I want you to, to imagine here, God knows the pain you've experienced. The Bible says that Jesus was despised and rejected of men. Yes. There was pain, there was unjustified, even crucifixion. Yet, so so he knows the pain you've experienced. Uh, There is genuine, not just sympathy, but empathy, compassion. And when you take a person off of your emotional hook, imagine this, there are all these people who rejected you. Well, you take the person who has rejected you off of your emotional hook and you're going to put them onto God's hook. You're not letting them off the hook. That's not what forgiveness is. You're taking them off of your hook, putting them onto God's hook because he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Is that all right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And it's going to be releasing those who have caused you this severe pain and literally putting them onto God's hook. So pray after me. Thank you, God, that you will never reject me. Thank you, God, that you will never reject me. Thank you that you will be my strength. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my strength. And it will be for as long as I live. And it it will be, your strength in me will be for as long as I live. Yes. Right now, I want to mention my mother. Right now, I mention my mother. Who 
beat me? Who beat me? Uh, literally tortured me. Literally tortured me. Where I felt like a Jew in a concentration camp. Yes, where I felt like a Jew in a concentration camp. She did not bring comfort. She did not bring comfort or love. And she could have. And she could have. So I take her off of my emotional hook. So I take her off of my emotional hook. And put her onto your hook, Lord Jesus. And put her onto you, Lord Jesus. I choose to forgive her. I choose to forgive my mother. Lord Jesus, thank you for setting me free. Lord Jesus, thank you for setting me free. Hallelujah. And regarding my father. And regarding my father. He really didn't know me. He really didn't know me. He chose to reject me. He chose to reject me. I didn't have him as my strong dad. I didn't have him as my strong dad. I'm taking him off of my emotional hook. I take him off of my emotional hook. And put him onto your hook. And I put him onto you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that, Lord Jesus, you do not reject me ever. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you do not reject me ever. And the family member who broke into my home. And the family member who broke into my home. Stole money. Stole money. My ex-wife who committed numerous times of adultery. My ex-wife who committed numerous adultery. And rejection. And rejection. I take them off of my emotional hook. I take them off of my emotional hook. And put them onto your hook. And I put them onto you, Lord Jesus. And my brothers and sisters as well. And this, yes, the siblings. Yes. Uh, Lord, even these Christians who rejected me. Yes, and these Christians who rejected me, Lord. I don't want to be in bondage to them. I don't want to be in bondage to them or anyone. And I choose to forgive them. And I choose to forgive them and walk in your forgiveness, Lord. We will send our keys for living on rejection called Rejection and Abandonment, Healing the Wounded Heart. We'll send that out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash hope. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.